I love to paint 12 hours a day. I will work on a painting three days in a row. That's why I can do a painting in three days because I spend 12 hours on it. I'll start in the morning and paint till almost midnight. That's Sharon, multimedia artist with a penchant for acrylic paint, landscape photographer, and my sweet mother. She knew from a young age that she had a gift and was hungry to learn anything and everything about art. This creative appetite was genetic, so it was a delight to sit down with her to explore her path from being a talented child and career student, to teaching art, to ongoing exhibits at galleries in Central Texas. I'm Angelica. Stay tuned for my weekly chat. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Angelica. Thanks for joining us on Chatty Crafties, a show where I celebrate my creative friends and family to get inspired by everyday art. Uh, You're my mom for our listeners. We normally start out with a weekly inspiration. Um, My weekly inspiration this week is a little bit of time off, (laughs) having some time that is not work-related to record and get some podcasts under my belt and just spend time with family. And I feel like that will fill up my bucket, my emotional bucket. Um, What about you? Do you have a weekly inspiration that you want to talk about? Uh, My weekly inspiration this week is having food on the table. Yeah. Since this is Christmas, I'm really excited about having everyone over for Christmas dinner. And now, is this food that you are making? <laughs> I call it freshly purchased or yes. freshly bought. Uh, no, I, I, my friend H-E-B helped me out on this one. <laughs> yes, um, we share the, our love of food, but we don't have a prowess in cooking necessarily. Um, yeah, that'll be fun. And yeah, we're going to have family over a little bit later. My brother's coming in town and I'm going to get him on the podcast next. So I'm super excited about that. So let's get right into it. When did you first identify as an artist? How old were you? I was really young. Um, I don't remember exactly what age, but I used to do a lot of artwork with my mother. Just even sewing, you know, it trained your hand-eye coordination, I drew little pictures to keep me occupied. And you were telling me earlier that your mom, my granny, got you a set of oil paints when you were, what, like eight or nine years old? Uh, Yes, she did. And um, I painted a picture that it looked really good to me. And, of course, my parents always hung everything up, so it always made me proud of my work. Um, That really started me painting. Do you still have it? I don't. I have no idea where it is, but it, <laughs> but I can see it in my mind. It was uh, an, a painting of an Indian rug, like oh, Native American, and uh-huh. um, it had some pottery in it. And I don't know, that must have been straight out of my imagination because I don't remember any of that being in our house. Yeah. I, yeah, that's not really what Granny's style was. Maybe you were drawn to that from an early age. Could be. When you were a kid... And the first time Granny noticed that you had a gift, was it she the one that encouraged you to apply for a scholarship at the Museum of Fine Arts? What is the oh, story with that? Okay. Well, when I was about nine, I think, 
I entered a contest at the Museum of Fine Arts, and Granny took me there, and all the uh, students had to do a, a drawing of something with colored pencils. And I knew if I did a drawing of a woman that was bending over, picking something up, I would get all the folds in her skirt and the shadows, and she would be moving, and I... For some reason, I knew if I did that drawing, I'd win this contest. And sure enough, <laughs> I won a four-year scholarship to the Museum of Fine Arts. And that was in the summers, like every weekend in the summer for four years you had to go do that? I say had to. It sounds like it's obviously something <laughs> that you won. Um, did it feel like work once you won it? It did at the beginning because uh, it was every Saturday for four hours and all of my friends and my sister and brother got to play and I had yeah. to go draw at the Museum of Fine Arts, but um, it really improved my artwork and they really weren't prepared for the scholarship program, oh. uh, not to put <laughs> sure. down the museum, but so they, um, they put me in an adult class and so all of my lessons were or like nude drawings and mm -hmm. uh, very refined paintings. And it was way above my league. And so it really stretched me and mm -hmm. I learned a great deal. And all the adults there just treated me like a fellow artist. And it, it was great. I really felt like an artist at that time. Yeah. I wonder if you hadn't won that scholarship. And it, I mean, four years is a long time to like really push you and continue working on this craft. You know, I wonder if you would have kept going down this um, road of being an artist. It was definitely one of the guides in my life. Mm -hmm. Well, what is it about art that draws you to it? Um, I like the challenge of it. Uh, I don't really know what a painting is going to look like. Uh, I have an idea, but the minute I get some paint down on the canvas, it, um, it takes its own direction. And do you normally have an object that you're painting, like you start with something or do you kind of get colors that are inspiring you and you start that way? What comes first? An idea? Or... The idea comes first. Uh -huh. And um, usually I'll photograph something. Uh, I pretty much work from photographs. Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't really done a lot of plein air painting where you go outside and paint in the great outdoors. Mm -hmm. Um I can do a painting in about three to five days, maybe a 36 by 36 inch painting. Mm -hmm. um, so I work from photographs. That way the sunlight is always the same, the shadows. And when I print these out on my printer, I don't know if something's wrong with my printer or <laughs> what, likely. but it prints some kind of strange colors sometime, and that, that even inspires me. Mm -hmm. Now, going back, back, you were an art teacher for your career. You're retired now, but you're an art teacher for, I mean, since before I was born. Um, did you always know, A, that you were going to be an artist, or B, that you were going to be an art teacher? Uh, well, I always knew that I was going to be an artist, and I pretty much thought I was going to be an art teacher, too. From a very early age, I just knew that's what I was going to do. Granny saved everything and dated everything. And she had a letter that I found of hers. And it was um, 
like what I want to be when I grow up by you. <laughs> and it said, I want to be an artist. I want to be a mom. And, you know, it said a couple other things. But it surprised me that at such a young age, you knew what you wanted to be. Because I cannot say the same for me. <laughs> I think it took me even being in college a few years, <laughs> graduating college, my undergrad, um, before I actually knew what I wanted to do. So that's pretty amazing that you just knew from when you were a kid, like, hey, this is something I'm good at, and this is what I want to do. Now, did you have that epiphany at some point? Because um, you were also saying that you were a couple of years into college when you decided to take art classes. Yeah, well, I didn't know if I could make a living as an artist. Um, so when I started uh, college, I I studied psychology because that was another passion of mine. I like to study body language as well. So I was pretty close to the end of a degree in psychology, and I had to take one elective, one little art class. And that um, just changed my mind. I decided I wanted to be an artist. So I went to school for four more years. Um, I was a professional student (laughs) at the University of Houston for seven years. Yeah, (laughs) And I finally graduated and got a degree in uh, fine arts. How did Granny and Papa feel about that? Because they were very supportive of you being an artist. Did they want you to go to school for art? They were actually really supportive of me doing artwork. They always put my artwork up, so I always thought they were proud of it. And uh, they were buying me supplies when I was young, so they were very supportive. And did they think that you could support yourself financially? You know, they never discussed that with me. Huh. Um, they really let me just follow my own path. They just wanted you to get out of college eventually. <laughs> was, was that the discussion? Are you ever going to graduate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember jokes about that even many years after the fact. Um, oh, dang dog. Uh, they were just excited that I went to college. Oh, Sure. Because you were the first in your family to go, right? Right. Once you started taking art classes in college, was it to become an art teacher? Or were you still kind of exploring art classes at that point? Um, I was exploring art classes. I took every art class that the University of Houston offered in art except one class, and I think that was rock etching. Um, I took all of their art history classes, Every class they offered. (laughs) Did you like teaching art? I did like teaching art. I was always amazed at what children can do. Uh, Young children from first grade, and I even taught up to uh, college. I taught how to illustrate children's books in college. But uh, their work always inspired me, and it was always a challenge to to stretch them as far as I could, but make it as simple that they could understand it and do it. That was a challenge for me. Yeah. And uh, the school where I worked provided endless amounts of supplies, so I was always exploring new supplies, and I was always learning something. So the whole time I was teaching, I was being a student at the same time, learning new things. Yeah, it, it definitely is hard um, to tailor a really complex idea like perspective to a kid who hasn't really noticed, you know, horizon line or two point perspective or that sort of thing. Um, And so I 
commend you of how you're able to break it down for them um, because Matt and I would come like once a year or so and um, we would teach in your class just kind of for fun like while we were visiting and we would teach something we learned in our visual communication classes for architecture and landscape architecture and we would always show you the lesson plan we were thinking of teaching and you're like okay let's simplify that <laughs> let's you have to get this done in 45 minutes so what can you draw what materials do you not have to help every child learn how to use um, and so it was kind of fun to get the elementary school art teacher perspective on these college level ideas. What's your favorite medium? I think I like acrylics because it's like instant gratification. You know, it, it drives fast. I can move fast. Uh, I can repair things. I can change things. I can paint over paintings. So golden acrylics is a beautiful paint. It has brilliant colors. I like using golden acrylics. What is your least favorite medium? Watercolor is the hardest. Hmm. Why? Because it's hard to keep the paint where you put it? Uh, you can't make any mistakes or, you know, they always say you can create your mistakes into something. But um, I don't know. I just found it limiting. I, it was beautiful. And I, I did a lot of watercolor painting. I illustrated a children's book in watercolors. But uh, I think I prefer acrylics mm -hmm. because I, I like to change my work around. Do you ever paint over a painting that you don't like? <laughs> yes, I'm notorious for that. <laughs> so you reuse a canvas? I repaint canvases all the time. And if I have something that I've, a uh, painting that I've had for a long time, I will paint over it sometimes. And, you know, after a year, if you look back on a painting, you can see maybe why it's not such a great painting. You can uh, reevaluate it. Do you work from what was there or do you start from scratch? Sometimes I start from scratch and it's brand new and uh, I won't gesso over it. I'll just paint over the painting itself. I think only once I gessoed over it and I really like the smooth gesso effect, uh -huh. but usually I'll just start painting over it. Oh, okay. Do you paint for yourself or for others? Do you paint differently knowing who it'll be for? I do. Like if I'm doing a portrait for someone, then I'm trying to do it a specific way. But I would say the majority of my paintings are for myself, uh, just the challenge of it or the beauty of it. Or I just want to paint. It's like I can't stop. I haven't painted for two weeks now because I'm getting ready for Christmas and I've been having withdrawals. Uh, yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, but for the most part, your art that you produce right now is to be sold. So you have art up in galleries, you or have it up on your website for sale. There will be pop-up galleries like we talked about last week's um, episode was my weekly inspiration. And I'm pretty sure I mispronounced a apropos <laughs> pop-up gallery. Um, Zaina and Bob Cook just had your work exhibited. So, you know, do you even paint differently knowing that it might go to someone who buys it or does that not affect how you paint no I don't I don't really paint for other people um I I guess I have a style that I'm really into right now and I'm perfecting it as I paint um I just paint what I think is beautiful or if I want to show movement um like birds flying or something like that I like uh paintings that tell stories no, I, I paint for myself. Okay. I think if you paint for someone else, uh, it'll inhibit you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're probably right. What do you think about when you paint? 
colors, depth, motion, lines, eye movement, all those little elements of art. So when you're painting, all you're thinking about is painting. Yes, yes. Sometimes I'll listen to the television in the background, but it's really background noise. Um, my favorite thing is listening to music. And uh, right now I'm kind of into New Age. Also, <laughs> not everybody's into New Age. <laughs> uh, especially my sister, whom we live together yes. in. <laughs> so I listen to New Age at night when she's in bed. Or on headphones. Do you need some headphones? <laughs> I might need some headphones, yeah. <laughs> um, also, something that will drive her crazy is if I get into a rhythm in my body and my mind through listening to a certain type of music, I'll play it over and over all day long. And sometimes I'll paint for 12 hours. So that's 12 hours she's listening to a New Age song over and over. <laughs> <laughs> kind of drives her crazy. Yeah, I, I could see. But what does it do for you? If you're listening to that song over and over again, what is it doing? You're staying in that moment? It, it keeps me in a, a continuous rhythm or um, stream of consciousness, if you will, in the painting. And uh, if I want to change that consciousness, then I can change the music or I can turn the music off and it'll change. But if, I, if, I, if I'm doing abstract and uh, the colors are flowing for me, I'll keep listening to that music. Mm -hmm. And is it the same song or...? Do you listen to a radio station? Sometimes it's the same CD over and over. I just oh, okay. hit repeat. <laughs> <laughs> and my sister hits front door. <laughs> yeah, she is out of there. How do you choose your subjects? Uh, they just call to me. You know, I, um, I just see something that I like and I photograph it. I save photographs from other artists because I like their color combinations. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I send you photos. And I say, paint this, please. <laughs> Sometimes they're photos of my children. <laughs> when you're working on a painting, does it keep calling for you um, and you're pulled to it until it's finished? I love to paint 12 hours a day. I will work on a painting three days in a row. That's why I can do a painting in three days because mm -hmm. I spend 12 hours on it. I'll start in the morning and paint till almost midnight. I just like the continuality of it mm -hmm. is that a word i don't know <laughs> uh I, I like to flow with it and uh, it has a rhythm it has a color scheme and i'm feeling it and you like to stay in it i like to stay in it until it's done do you use art as an escape hmm. um if i use it as an, an escape i would say it's uh it's a beautiful escape yeah like maybe not wanting to take care of a pile of bills on the table. No, I I will take care of all my business and get all that done, and then I'll paint. Oh, interesting. Then I have a, a free mind, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because um, I know you make piles of things just like I make piles of things. <laughs> and so uh, that's interesting that you, to be able to, like, get into your craft, you've got to not have that responsibility right. there pulling you away from it. Right. I like to take care of business mm -hmm. so that I'm free. Yeah. Are there some pieces of art that you have to put away and come back to later? Or do you just push through? There's, There's been a few pieces that just for some reason didn't flow or I didn't like them. But I went ahead and finished them and then stored them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Painted over them later. How do you know a piece is finished? 
I don't know, it's weird. I'll just say to myself, okay, it's time to sign your name. Oh, interesting. And then I'll sign my name. But then I may go back a couple of days later and look at it and say, oh, I need to touch up that tree mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. that bird's wing is crooked or something. Sure. Do you feel like there's a second phase of your career as an artist now that you're retired? Because when you were a teacher, you didn't produce art nearly this much, but you did paint, you know, in your classes or, or draw or create, you know, ceramics or whatever it might be. Right now, you are producing a lot of art that go in galleries and exhibitions and stuff like that. So do you think there's a second phase going on? I do. And uh, I think there's an evolution going on. I've noticed that my paintings are really improving and I'm really focusing on detail and Mm -hmm. colors. So yes, there's definitely a new phase going on. And for our listeners... There certainly were pieces of art that went up in our house. It wasn't just school related that were for plays or for the kids to take home because, Mom, you painted our refrigerator. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) You painted the laundry room um, in elephant ears. Oh, that's right. I did. You had a giant canvas hanging in the living room of... um, hieroglyphs what petroglyphs what are they called uh petroglyphs and pictographs yeah that's what it is so there's a really huge painting that took up the whole wall there were plaster casts of hands uh (laughs) and faces uh what else oh yeah there was a phase we went through where i was having everybody stick their face in sand and it would smash their noses over on the side (laughs) (laughs) we learned to fluff the sand more yeah yeah but there was that phase um what other art, you know, people would come over and you would just be working on something. So there was always personal art going on, but that was art that felt very um, permanent and it would stay at home. It wasn't for consumption of the public. They wouldn't buy any of these pieces. But so now the pieces that you're making are transportable and anyone can, they're very approachable by any audience because they can look at the painting of Blackfoot daisies and be like, oh yes, I like this flower. I'm, I could buy this. So even that, it seems like a, an evolution of your art. Yes, I've, I've certainly explored a lot of different media. Yes. <laughs> there was a phase when I was really little, um, you, you drew anthropomorphized animals. I liked it because as a kid, I was like, cool, these animals are like doing fun things. They looked like humans, but they were in colored pencil. Do you remember this? Uh, I don't remember that too much. Uh, Colored pencil. I was into colored pencil when I was into detail, you know, because you could do so much detailed work. But I don't remember doing the animals. Interesting. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if I blocked that out of my mind for some reason. Yeah, that's hilarious. (laughs) You also um, used to work at the Renaissance Festival, Mm -hmm. um, and you made jean purses and what are they called? Wind socks? Wind chimes. Wind socks. No, wind socks. Yeah. I think you did stained glass looking. They weren't paintings, but it was like a, it was on glass. And right. It looked you like stained glass. You could actually paint it on glass and it looked like stained glass. Yeah. And so that was another, another phase. That was in 1980. Yeah. Who was born in 1980? That was me. <laughs> <laughs> I was pregnant when I was doing that. Yeah. And because a lot of the drawings, you did coloring books for the Renaissance Festival too. Right. And there were always like three-year-old fairies running around. And that, <laughs> that was me. That was me embedded into all that work. What else are you into creatively? Uh, gardens and uh, 
just a little livestock. We have two goats, but they're pregnant. <laughs> and um, we had 25 chickens, but we're down to about eight now because of the foxes. So um, I would say um, a hobby farm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Growing, you've always had a green thumb. You and Aunt Linda and Granny, I feel like I have inherited that green thumb where you're like, I don't know, put it in the ground. And (laughs) somehow it's still alive and it starts thriving. So I obviously made a career out of that for um, landscape architecture. And it's hard to explain that kind of luck with plants to people where you're like, I don't water it. Don't water it. I don't see what it wants. <laughs> Listen to the plant. And um, to like explain that to someone who doesn't know anything about plants, where I'm like, this plant will tell you what it needs. It will tell you if it's unhappy. And if it's unhappy, do something about it. But those cues are kind of not easy to, to explain to someone. Plants are almost like human beings. You know, you can, mm-hmm. I talk to them and uh, I can look at them, see how they're doing. They're alive. Yeah. They'll, they'll tell you if they're sad. Yeah. They'll tell you if they're hungry. They will. <laughs> they'll tell you if they want to be picked up and moved, <laughs> <laughs> which you do way more than me. I will just let a plant die. You, <laughs> you will dig it up, and you do not have easy soil to dig in out in Blanco. Is there anything you ever dreamed of doing creatively or wish that you were better at? Hmm. No. Cooking? Oh, I mean, no, that's a legitimate question. This is not an insult to your cooking. No, I didn't take it as an insult, cooking. Uh, I used to experiment with cooking a lot when I was into macrobiotics. Um, I would say experimenting is the right word for it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I don't know. I just, uh, I have nothing to say about food. Yeah, yeah. do you want me to tell the rice No, please story? don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always thought it was sweet. Make everybody wonder about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, who knows? I might have already told it. Where all has your art been exhibited? Uh, well, if we go way back in time, mm-hmm. um, I had some exhibits at the Houston Zoological Gardens and the Houston Arboretum and... I was into drawing um, the animals that were at the zoo at that time. Because you worked there. Yes, I did. I was an exhibits designer and illustrator at the Houston Zoological Gardens. And you made the signs at the time. They were I like did. I illustrated the animal signs. They're, they're really cool. Yeah, and uh, and big exhibits like uh, the snake bite exhibit in the reptile department. Where a snake got loose. Oh, I can't tell stories about the zoo. <laughs> If you only knew. <laughs> um, let's see. I did the Peaceable Kingdom School catalog, and that was edible, medicinal, and otherwise useful plants of Texas. That's something I was really interested in. Was that plant. a book? Yes, it was. Uh-huh. That's when I became interested in plants. Oh, okay. One of the times. Uh, and I did a seasonal field guide for the Windale Museum. Mm-hmm. I illustrated a children's book called The Canary Who Sailed with Columbus. And all of your family members are represented in there. <laughs> Everybody's in it. We used to go out and photograph Angelica and Floyd at the beach. and mm-hmm. Yes. She was one of the natives. I was. Floyd was one of the sailors. <laughs> My husband was... Uh, Columbus. Christopher Columbus. Yeah. yeah, he shaved. The only time I've ever seen him shaved, and I was like, grow it back. Yeah, that was fun. We visited the, uh, the a boat that was very similar to Christopher Columbus's boat and had mm-hmm. to climb up to the, uh, what's that? The mast? No, it was above the mast. The, the tall bird's part. nest. Uh, 
the top of the boat. Top of the boat. <laughs> that was not easy. They let you do that? They did. They gave oh, okay. us free reign of that ship because we were the only people there oh, visiting nice. it. Uh, let's see, at the University of, Houston, uh, University of Texas, I used to record uh, pictographs and petroglyphs. On canoe trips, yeah? On canoe trips, yes. Uh, the moisture in the river nearby was making the paint pop off of the caves, and they wanted it recorded because they're deciphering those paintings, oh. just like they did the Mayan hieroglyphics. Mm-hmm. Well, at the Vietnam Veterans Art Museum in Chicago, I'm the... Uh, only civilian and the first woman to have uh, a piece of permanent artwork there. Yeah, and it was of a a soldier, soldier. right? And he was uh, in Vietnam, and so the top of it is uh, it was a map of Vietnam, and uh, the map morphed into him in his full army regalia. Yeah, in camo, grease paint or whatever. Yeah, holding an AK forty-seven, I guess. It's very spooky. Well, I had, um, you and I helped him with the book that he was writing about his life in Vietnam and the war and how it became uh, against the war. Mm, I do not remember helping. <laughs> you don't. Uh-uh. You helped with the grammar. Oh, yes. Hello? I help everyone with that, whether they like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, currently I'm with the Apropos Pop-Up Gallery in Wimberley, uh, which is owned by Zena Cook. And uh, I have a, an exhibit coming up in Blanco at the Redbud Cafe, and it's going to be running from January to March. It's going to be a long art show. And that place is really cool. They've got delicious sandwiches, and it's right off the square. So if you're coming to Blanco, um, you know, just for like a day trip, they've got a bunch of antiques and cute stores. And then when you go for a bite to eat, you can go check out her artwork in January Yes, I also have a, a running show at the Solstice Gardens in Dripping Springs. I hope you can stop by there and see the, the gardens. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of in between Austin and Blanco. And they've got cute, um, what is it? Do they have plants there? Or is oh, it... yeah. Yeah, there are gardens. And they also sell, but they sell like jewelry and yeah. an art gallery. Yeah. Um, and like tchotchkes for your house, like little knickknacks you can yeah. pick up to decorate your Tourist. house. Yeah, items. Yeah. And let's see, sometimes you exhibit in the Bean and Biscuit in Blanco as well. You've got quite a few paintings just kind of up in there. Uh, well, I took them all down for uh, this exhibit at, oh, sure. at Redbud, but uh, I may put things back up there. It yeah. just depends. I would really like to get in a gallery at Fredericksburg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> put out that. That's um, my goal right now. Positive energy to make it happen. Did anyone else in your family have um, any artistic tendencies? Like, was anyone else good at drawing or painting? Um, You know, I always thought that my sister and brother were so smart, and I always wanted that right brain smartness they had. (laughs) (laughs) And I was over there in my left brain, but um, to be quite honest, I think we use our whole minds. Mm -hmm. Was Granny... Good at drawing? Oh yeah. Well, my mother was extremely artistic. She could she could make clothes. She could uh, she did needlepoint. She was she was very creative. Extremely for creative. Sure. She was constantly making stuff. Anytime I came over for the weekend, you know what we did was immediately start making something. We had a project every time we got together and and you do that with my girls when they come stay the weekend with you it's like okay what are we going to make today and so I'm I'm really glad that that tradition is you know carrying on 
but yeah, granny would crochet and um, embroider and cross stitch and sew. Do you like doing any of those things? No. <laughs> <laughs> she she had a great artistic eye though. And I think she taught me that. I learned that from her. Mm -hmm. And she was always making something, and that that really directed me. I would say that she was my first artistic guide. Mm -hmm. But you're not into textile arts so much? No. Uh, like I said, I like that fast uh, gratification of mm -hmm. acrylics. Uh, mm -hmm. And knitting is so slow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's I mean, probably why I jumped from crocheting to sewing because making a blanket going from taking a month to taking a couple of days yeah I just didn't have the patience for it she she tried to teach it to me but mm -hmm. it, it was just too slow for me <laughs> I, I liked fast things yeah I like my mind clicking yeah <laughs> is there anything uh any medium or style of art that you want to try well, I think I've tried just about everything. Uh, I really liked clay when I was into clay. I liked mm -hmm. sculpture and throwing on a wheel and glazing. Yeah. Uh, I just liked it all. Uh, I think that's why I've been through all these phases is I've just tried everything. Mm -hmm. And do you feel like when you try it, you, you delve into it to the point of exhaustion and then you try the next thing? Uh, not exhaustion. I would say perfection. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, I would do it until I was really good at it and then I'd want to try something else. What is that moment where you're like, okay, that's, that's it. I want to try a new thing. What does that feel like? Oh, I, I may just be exploring something and I just happen to buy some new watercolors and then I'll just uh, research all kinds of watercolors and brushes and just really get into it. Also do that with canoeing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you yeah you canoed a lot, and I feel like that kind of added in to your uh, creativity because you were looking at scenes, landscape scenes. Oh, I was into the adventure of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, you were going down rapids and all sorts of things. You have definitely a four week trip in um, Canada on. Um, the Pigeon River, mm -hmm. four weeks in a canoe in the wilderness is quite a thrill. Mm -hmm. um, and so what does that do for you creatively once you go out and do something out in the world? Does it help your creative brain? Well, of course, I was taking photographs and uh, I'm doing paintings of even some trips that I did. I, I recently spoke to a canoeing friend who was on that trip with me and she was such a character. Oh, my gosh. Um, so I want to do a painting of this lady that went on that trip with me. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's fun. How important is it that your kids are creative? Well, I think they have to follow their own path. Um, I think that's important. I, I followed mine and I think they should follow theirs. Did you feel like you nurtured that for us more than other things? Or did you try and just kind of see what we were interested in and let us lead the way. I think y'all would have to answer that one. Um, I don't know, but being a mom, as you well know, yeah. uh, it's pretty occupying. It really occupies your time. I don't know if I directed y'all or not. And the reason I ask that is because creativity is so important to both me and Matt that I feel like we do kind of nurture their creativity more than other skill sets. Not that we're not, you know, trying to help them with their math or their science. It's just that we know 
these things pretty well. So we try and impart what we know about them. So that's why, you know, getting the girls into a fine art school was important to us or, you know, making sure they take certain classes, um, you know, like ballet or get into after school clubs like choir, like just really spending time on these things that, um, can enrich other parts of their life if they, um, I think it does. Yeah. If they're aware of these creative tendencies, and, um, you know, performance on its own can help with other things like being more confident and being assertive, you know, when interacting with other people that comes from having a creative brain. What's your favorite size painting to work on? Recently, I really like working big. And if the canvas will fit in my car, that's what I'm going to work on. <laughs> <laughs> that's the extent of it. Does it fit in your car? Um, okay, last question. If you were to give yourself a title for your creative identity, what would your title be? Color Explorer. Yeah, that's right. Well, thank you, Sharon. Well, thank you, Angelica. <laughs> and thanks. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Oh, that's so sweet. And thanks to our listeners. I hope you'll stay tuned for more episodes of Chatty Crafties. Swing by chattycrafties.com for more on this episode, including a sampling of Sharon's art. The episode's music was by Berman Swale and was hosted and produced by me, Angelica Norton, remotely in Blanco, Texas. Don't forget to rate and review Chatty Crafties wherever you listen to podcasts. I hope you all got to spend some quality time with your families for the holidays and found some personal time to replenish your own emotional well. Now, go make some art. <laughs>